Hey, I'm Emily McCafferty, and you are listening to the Made to Be Mama podcast. I'm a photographer and mom of two who thrives on meaningful conversation. I'm here to share my experiences from marriage, infertility, and parenting to finding a life with balance and everything in between. So let's dive right in. Hello, and welcome back to the Made to Be Mama podcast. Um, Before we get started, I did want to place a little trigger warning on this episode. Um, I will be referencing things like miscarriage and SIDS um, and um, just some things that if you are not in the right headspace to listen to, um, I completely understand and just want you to know that you can skip past this episode. Um... So, yeah, so today I wanted to talk about, um, I've been, now that Nora, my daughter, is coming up on her first birthday, um, her birthday is September 26th, I have been spending a lot of time kind of like reflecting on the past year, and um, as most of you, if you've listened to my other podcasts, you know that she is my rainbow baby, Um, I had three miscarriages before, um, being able to conceive her, um, and bring her to term. So, um, yeah, her, uh, pregnancy and even just like the last year has been, um, really emotional for me, um, and mentally challenging, um, just because, um, I don't know, I think, I was thinking about it the other day and I feel like people have become more open to talking about, infertility and miscarriage, but, um, I feel like it's, we don't talk enough about kind of like the, the phases of things and the, the different things that people feel. Cause not everybody feels the same way after a miscarriage or when they get pregnant with their rainbow baby, you know, whatever, everybody reacts to it, I think a little bit differently. Um, but I definitely think it's important to talk about because your journey with infertility and, um, miscarriage and like experiencing that loss doesn't just end when you get pregnant and like make it through your first trimester because I feel like everybody thinks like oh once you make it through like that first trimester and you hit that like 12 week mark then you're like totally clear and you're all good and like you really don't have a whole lot to worry about there's only a small percentage that something you know could happen after that point blah 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 which like yeah, sure, but like I also feel like I had a really hard time mentally even in that first trimester and afterwards and within the first year. So I just kind of wanted to like talk about that a little bit. Um so um basically my story with, you know, I had three miscarriages and I am someone who has suffered from endometriosis and in order to conceive my son, which I didn't realize until after the fact, I had to have surgery to remove the endometriosis because essentially endometriosis is like scar tissue that collects on your reproductive organs, which makes like a very unideal um, environment for um, a baby to to grow and survive, you know, in your womb. So um, I have dealt with that for a long time and I didn't realize that I was going to need a surgery every single time I wanted to have a kid, um, or get pregnant. Um, 
and I learned that kind of the hard way this time around um, when we decided that we wanted to try for baby number two. Um, We really struggled and um, it got to a point where I was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. But I do know that after I had surgery the first time, I got pregnant basically not on purpose um, within like three months. So I was like, you know what, maybe that's the problem. Maybe it's been, they say that you have like a three-year window after you have your first, after you have your baby, after you have your surgery to remove the endometriosis um, before the endometriosis comes back. It basically is a chronic illness that like never, there's no cure, there, it doesn't go away. It just, excuse me, kind of keeps coming back and you can either... Um, mask the symptoms with birth control and just kind of deal with it or you have a surgery like every couple of years which very unideal um I think what I am focusing on doing now is just really um combating it with diet um but that's I think I'm gonna make a whole nother episode about that um but basically um I went to my fertility specialist and I was like you know what I think I've been trying to have a baby for at this point I think it had been like seven months and we had you know miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage and um I just kind of was like getting to a point where I needed to like I was like I need to figure this out and I need to make this not be a thing anymore and I I consider myself very lucky that I that that was the case and that I was able to kind of like you know I don't want to like invalidate my experience by saying it was like a quick and easy fix but like not everyone has that ability to be like, oh, I think it's this and I'm going to have a surgery and that's going to solve all my problems. And that was exactly what happened. Um, but it was definitely a very like depressing and sad and grueling process to get there. So um, yeah, I basically after my third miscarriage, I was like, okay, I've had enough of, you know, trying naturally without, you know, anyone taking a look at what's going on and why this is happening. So I went to my fertility specialist and I scheduled a surgery for um, my last miscarriage was in October and I scheduled the surgery for like, it was either right before or right after Thanksgiving. Um, I think it was right before. Yeah. Cause then I like went to Thanksgiving and it was like, I don't know. I was kind of not in the mood. I was like annoyed at the timing of it all because I was like, you know what? I really wanted to like, you know, stuff my face with Thanksgiving food, but like I had, it's like an abdominal incision. So I didn't want to like eat too much. And yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I had the surgery in November and then I got pregnant in late December and I found out I was pregnant on January 8th. Um, so obviously it was very exciting to find out, you know, after I had my surgery that I thought was, you know, this magical answer to all my problems. Um, but obviously I didn't, like, I still felt very, um, like, I feel like I had like a, some level of like PTSD from, you know, getting positive tests and then, you know, having a lot of bleeding and, um, realizing that I'm, you know, no longer pregnant, um, you know, shortly after. So, you know, I took the test, I was really excited, but I was also like scared. I was like, well, what if I lose this baby, then, you know, that's just going to be another really sad loss. And, then we're gonna have to start and try because that's the other thing is like after you have a loss it's like you are so upset and you don't want to do anything but you also want a baby so bad that you're like okay well I have to like wait for this to pass and then we're gonna get back on the horse and try again and it's like 
it just becomes like a job and it's it's really sad that it becomes a job because you're supposed to be excited it's supposed to be really exciting and it's supposed to be something that you look forward to and like it's fun to do with your partner like you know it's it's not supposed to be this like okay I have to like take my temperature and pee on a stick to check for my ovulation and like you know make sure the wind is blowing south and like have all these like logistics figured out to like get pregnant it's just like it's so ridiculous the trying process when you're like having a hard time try like some people just try and then it's just like woohoo I got pregnant like right away and like good for those people but like for people who have had a hard time it's really like it's a lot and it's like mentally a lot and I feel like it creates kind of like a strain on your relationship because you both have different feelings about it and yeah it's just um it was tough so um yeah so I got pregnant I was really excited and I but I was also like really scared Um, and nervous and just like worried about, you know, if I was going to lose the baby. And, um, I was saying to somebody the other day that like, it was, it really sucked that I was so, so incredibly sick that for like Nora's pregnancy, because I was literally like puking eight times a day and I had a toddler at the same time, you know, Bryce was like 2.9 or whatever when I got pregnant um, turning three in February. So like he, you know, he's a toddler. I have a lot. I still have to take care of him, um, while taking care of myself. And it was just like nearly impossible. And I was working full time in an office at that point. Um, so I was like, you know, I was just puking all day long, trying to like work and be a mom, do pickup, drop off, pack lunches, do laundry, clean the house. Like just all of it was, so 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 impossible and like Brennan was great he was really helpful around the house really helpful with Bryce you know just didn't really know what else to do other than just like take care of everything else because I was just like so unable to do literally anything um because I like if I wasn't wrapped around the toilet when I got home I was laying down because I like physically couldn't do anything um it was really hard but on like you know the silver lining of that was that I knew every day that I threw up and was like incredibly sick that that meant that I was still pregnant which was obviously a positive thing so I barely survived that pregnancy in the first trimester but at least every day I knew that I was still pregnant and once it you know once we got to the second trimester like I don't know it was yes I definitely felt some level of relief like making it past 12 weeks but like at that point I was kind of like not I think I was sick until like 18 weeks so like I still was sick on and off but like if there was a rare day where I like wasn't sick I would always freak out and like feel just like anxious the whole day and like wonder like am I still pregnant like did something happen you know was it because I took Tylenol like whatever um And I also, like, I don't know, I feel like I definitely, like, did things differently than when I was pregnant with Bryce. Like, I didn't eat the soft cheese. I, you know, limited my, um, my fish intake every week. And, like, I still did some of those things, but, like, I ate deli meat. I, I never took Tylenol or anything when I was pregnant with Bryce, but, like, I was so, I had horrible migraines, so, like, I took Tylenol with Nora, and so, like, any time, I think one time I had to take Claritin because I was, like, legitimately, like, couldn't even breathe because my allergies were so bad, um, and I was, like, well, what, you know, like, what if, 
taking Claritin like is gonna kill her I don't know like I was just like every little thing that I did I was like I don't know if there was a day where I you know didn't feel pregnant because like anyone who's had kids like you I feel like there are days where you're like oh my god I feel so pregnant and then there are other days where you're like I am I still pregnant like is are we still there like you just have those like weird one-off days where you like honestly feel fantastic which is like a good it's supposed to be a good thing but you like you like kind of wonder or at least I did I was kind of like does this mean that the baby like is not gonna make it like whatever and it was just very very stressful um and then I got COVID at 22 weeks um that was probably like I'm not like a crazy COVID person that like thinks everyone's gonna die from COVID and whatever but that was definitely a very scary time for me because like I did have COVID pretty bad um I ended up in the hospital with COVID pneumonia and like I didn't have to I wasn't like on a ventilator or anything but like they um I had to take um steroids and like I was you know around the clock Tylenol and like had really high fevers and it was pretty um pretty intense and like at that point oh and right before I feel like a lot of (laughs) like this pregnancy on top of being like after a lot of loss it was also just like a shit show of a pregnancy where like a lot of like really like scary like borderline like scary things happened and like looking back it was like such a fucking shit show and I'm just like what the f- like why why was it like that <laughs> like I couldn't just like have all that you know shitty loss and then like have like a great pregnancy it was like shitty loss like a really hard like mentally challenging difficult time trying then I get pregnant and then I like right before we got before our family got COVID um at her 20 week ultrasound the ultrasound tech is like not saying anything and all right let me back up so (laughs) I have my appointment I made it specifically for like three in the afternoon because my son at the time like was still in daycare and they close at five. So it's like a hard pickup at 5 p.m. So I knew I was like, okay, give us an hour, three to four, then we'll go pick him up. You know, we'll leave here at like 4.30, four o'clock, be there for like 4.30, five o'clock. Like perfect. So we go and like the ultrasound tech is you know whatever um oh and it ended up being a girl that was like not she was like learning so she wasn't like an actual ultrasound tech she was just like some girl that was learning I don't know and I really like I am normally totally fine with like you know, when you go to, like, a teaching hospital, like, having people, you know, do certain things, whatever, but, like, with this pregnancy, mm -mm, no fucking way, I don't want anyone experimenting on, like, whatever, I, I just wanted people who knew what the fuck they were doing, looking at me and dealing with my situation, so this girl just kind of, like, says, she's like, oh, by the way, like, I'm learning, whatever, and I was like, uh, okay, um, and so she like does the ultrasound she's like kind of just like you know not really saying much and I'm like maybe it's because she doesn't know what she's looking at like maybe like I don't know I was just kind of like analyzing like the way that she was 
carrying herself throughout the ultrasound and um I don't know she just gave off weird vibes and I like was not loving it and this is like the tw- this is like the big ultrasound like the 20 week where you like see everything and you get like all of the pictures and like it's supposed to be like exciting whatever so she's like not really saying much and I'm like okay like kind of making me a little nerve-wracking but like whatever and then she's like okay, I'm gonna go talk to the doctor. And I'm like, okay. And then the girl that is like teaching her comes in the room and she's like, so, um, we are like seeing a little bit, I don't want to freak you out, but like, we're seeing a little bit of like this thing called the VSD, blah, 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 blah. Um, oh wait, no, that was after. So, (laughs) So it's getting, we're sitting in there and waiting for like an hour for someone to come in and talk to us after the, like, the girl who was learning leaves the room. So it's like 30 minutes go by, 45 minutes go by, and I'm like, we're going to be late picking up Bryce, so like, Brendan had to leave. And I had like a bad feeling about the whole thing, and I had plans after, so I was like running late from the appointment and like late to my plans, whatever. So... Um, I was just like overall like really annoyed because like Brendan left and I was like, I have a feeling I'm going to get bad news today and I'm going to be fucking alone. And before, like when I, um, when I first got pregnant with Nora, this was at the point during like COVID craziness that like spouses were not, or like, you know, partners were not allowed at ultrasound. So like at this point, they just made it okay for partners to come. I was so excited because the first ultrasound was horrible. I like went there expecting not to see a heartbeat, like super freaked out, like just, you know, first ultrasound after having like all that loss and everything. Like I just was really nervous about the whole thing. I made Brendan drive me and sit in the parking lot in case it was like bad news whatever. It was super stressful. So like I was excited to be able to like have him there to support me at this ultrasound. And he ended up having to leave anyways because they took forever for the appointment. And so finally the doctor comes in and she's like, so um, we found this thing called a VSD. And she's like explaining it. She's like, it's a hole in the baby's heart and blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't even remember what she said because I was so fucking livid at this point that I'm hearing her giving me bad news and I am so aggravated that my husband just had to leave because they took forever and, like, this pregnancy has just been such a shit show to begin with, whatever. So I, like, flip out on her and I'm like, you just made me wait so long and you had some girl who is like learning do my ultrasound without even asking me like nobody asked me she just told me who she was and what she was going to do nobody was like hey are you comfortable with this and and I was like and then you guys make me wait you know sitting here all like anxious for you to come in and tell me and give me bad news while I'm alone without my husband because you guys took forever so she was I was like I'm not trying to like flip out on you but like this is kind of bullshit So she was really apologetic and really nice and whatever and she like felt really bad and she was like look we're gonna schedule you a VSD like here is my personal phone like her whatever like her direct phone number like if you have any questions or if your husband has any questions because that was the other thing I was like how am I gonna go home and like explain this to him I don't even know what you just said to me I'm so like I don't know my mind is just blown like I didn't even hear what you said because I'm so stressed out like how am I supposed to go home and be like, hey, you left and I got bad news. 
So she was like, here's my direct phone number. Call me with any questions. If your husband has any questions or if he just wants me to explain to him, whatever. So that was nice and everything. So I like went home. I called him like crying and I was like, well, now I'm supposed to go have dinner. But like we can talk about it when I get home. If you want, we can call her tomorrow, blah, 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 whatever. So I leave there. I go home or I go, you know, go to my plans, whatever. Um, luckily it was two of my really good friends, Kellyanne and Kayla, and we were actually having dinner to meet Kayla's baby, who was an infant at the time, um, Natalie. So it was nice. Like I, you know, I got to have some girl time and meet, um, meet Natalie, who's like the sweetest little thing. So it was a good, like, it was a good thing that I had those plans. Um, you know, I kind of like went into it and was like, so guys, I got this really bad news today. So if I seem bummed out, like that's why. And they were great. Um, so it was like good to be, you know, surrounded by friends at that point. But then (laughs) two days later, so we made the appointment to have the, um, echocardiogram to look at the baby's heart a little bit further and have, you know, um, a specialist look at it to kind of like give us the, the final results, whatever. Um, and then two days later, we found out that Bryce had been exposed to COVID at school. So then we had to push the appointment till like way later. And then I was in the hospital with COVID. So we had to push it even later. So like a month goes by after we get this like horrifying news. And we still haven't had the echo because like I just had COVID. And while I had COVID, I was like, what if her heart can't handle like me having COVID, like, I don't know, like, COVID is so weird, and nobody knows a lot about it, so, like, what if this is, like, terrible for her, like, it was just a whole traumatic, ridiculous, um, month of my pregnancy, so, um, it was a lot of, like, strange events, and just, like, all around, like, not, um, not really great stuff, but, Um, but we got through it and in hindsight, I was actually like, we got, we went and had our echo and the guy was like, oh, it looks like it resolved on its own, which is something that does happen. Um, somebody can catch a hole, you know, and then like a month later they look at it or look for it and it's no longer there. So after that point, they just monitored me every month. Um, I had an ultrasound every month. Um, and they made sure that like, yes, in fact, she was, you know, her her whole resolved itself and whatever. So, um, and in hindsight, I was actually really glad that, not really glad, but I was glad that we had COVID while I was pregnant because then when she was born, she would be, you know, covered um, because, I don't know, whatever. Um, So, yeah, so it was a lot of, um, like, I feel like I maybe could have gotten to, like, a good point with, like, the being scared that I was going to lose my baby at the 20 mark point if, like, we didn't have all that other shit happen after that. But, you know, it's, like, she's totally fine and perfectly healthy. You know, she's she's per- a perfect little baby. Um, but it was a lot. And so then... Um, you know, we go through all that and then I'm kind of like getting to the end of my pregnancy and I'm like, okay, I finally feel like pretty okay. Like, you know, I'm not so nervous about losing the baby at this point, but like 
I don't know why towards the very end I started to worry that she was going to be stillborn um and I was really like battling with myself because I really wanted like a natural birth and um I was worried that like if I pushed the envelope on like when I went to the hospital and like laboring at home and like all of that that like for some reason the events would lead to like a bad outcome I don't know it just like talking about it now it sounds ridiculous but like in my brain when I was pregnant um I it just like it everything scared me and like at that point I was like what if I make it this far and she like you know dies at birth or comes out sleeping or whatever um I don't know it was like it was it was tough but I was really proud of myself because I feel like mentally I was in like I meditate the day that I went into labor I like meditated I did a lot of breathing I did like a lot of like headspace exercises for myself that kind of like helped me get into a really positive mindset like I remember just like sitting on my back porch holding my belly like talking to her being like this is it this today is the day like gonna be a good day and like I just went into it with a really like super positive mindset I remember when I was in labor with Bryce like I was just kind of like scared and didn't really know what to expect so I feel like that kind of started us off on like a not great foot like I just was very like frantic going to the hospital thinking like how is this gonna go like what's gonna happen like how painful is it gonna get blah 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 Um, and I didn't really, like, educate myself on, like, how to kind of create, like, a positive environment for myself to, like, make my labor good. (laughs) Um, and the day that I went into labor, I feel like I, with Nora, I feel like I really, like, achieved that, which definitely helped. Like, I, while I was in labor, I didn't at all have any negative thoughts about, like, the outcome. I wasn't, like, like, I feel like I was concerned about, her being stillborn like up until the day that I actually like went into labor and I was like okay we're having this baby like this is good blah 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 I don't know I don't know how I did it but like I'm just so grateful that I didn't you know feel any negative energy that day um but you know once I had her like everything was like I feel like it was a kind of a roller coaster like you know, the early pregnancy started off really, like, difficult, and, like, I was sick all the time, and I was worried about losing the baby, and then, like, you know, it kind of, like, my morning sickness went away, but then, like, we got the bad news about the heart, and, like, then got COVID, and, like, that was all crazy, and then, like, things were good again, and then, like, towards the end, I started to, like, worry again, and, like, then she was born, and I feel like my adrenaline was, like, so crazy like having a natural birth I feel like I left the hospital on like cloud 11 like I was just so up there with like how good I felt and like how positive I felt and like I was gonna have a good postpartum season and everything was gonna be good and I like encapsulated my placenta to make sure that I had a good you know postpartum like my mood was in check and all of that I was ready to take on like two kids and all of that and I like went into it really strong and I like felt really good and then I started to kind of like then you know 
reality kind of hits a little bit and I started to worry about like Nora dying of SIDS and like I I knew going into it that I was probably going to at some point have that fear just given the circumstance and I bought um well I made sure that like we figured out a way to buy the Mickey um baby monitor because it is supposed to like it well it does it like tracks breathing and heart rate and oxygen all of that um and like detects no movement which there have definitely been false false alarms in the past um it's not a perfect monitor <laughs> but I bought that monitor specifically because I had a feeling that I was going to feel some you know type of way at some point about like when she sleeps through the night and like because it gets up to be a point and she's a great baby and she has been like sleeping pretty consistently like long stretches like she started sleeping like six hours six to eight hours at like four to six weeks old and then she like was in her own crib on her own sleeping through the night at like three months old and like through the night I think at that point was like again six to eight hours then she started doing 10 hours consistently then like teeth kind of like fucked everything up for a little bit and she was like not sleeping through the night but I feel like that happened like four month sleep regression six month sleep regression growth spurts teeth all that normal stuff but for the most part she's been like a great sleeping at night baby which is amazing but <laughs> again it's like all these good things that like should be good but you're like but what if that means that you know, she doesn't wake up and that means she's dead. Like, I don't know. Like, this sounds so horrible, but these are the thoughts that I've had as someone who has experienced loss and worried about losing my precious baby that, you know, I feel like I worked so hard to have. Um, And I mean, postpartum hormones also don't help that. So it's like on top of being you know, a crazy, like, having your fourth trimester, like, hormone, you know, whatever is happening in your body, then you throw in a little, like, someone who's experienced three miscarriages, like, it's just a recipe for just, like, really negative, intrusive thoughts, um, and I feel like as I'm approaching the one-year mark, like, I've kind of gotten a little bit past those, like, intrusive thoughts. But I feel like, honestly, even after I had Bryce, I still have them. Everyone, like, I, I mean, I still had them. Like, before I got pregnant with Nora, I still had, like, these random intrusive thoughts where I was just like, whoa, where the fuck did that come from? Like, you just imagine these crazy things happening, like someone running a stop sign and like t-boning your car and then like I don't know you die in a car accident or like you trip down the stairs and your baby goes flying through a door and like you know cracks their head open like just crazy shit that you're just you like the thought comes into your head and you just like recognize that it's there and you're like what the fuck like where did that come from and why am I thinking about that <laughs> like it's just I, I don't know hormones are so fucked up and wild and like I yeah um so yeah um but so I feel like for the last year like I it's I said this to my friends a couple weeks ago like as I was talking about like I'm I've been really emotional about Nora turning one 
I don't like I I feel like birthdays always make me really emotional like just in general like I you know Bryce's first birthday like I was a hot mess but I was also so focused on the birthday party and like making it this like big exciting thing that like I kind of like didn't think about it until after the fact and then like two was hard three was hard I don't know what four was so hard I was like you're four like four next year you're gonna be five like that's just that's a lot of like that's a lot of years that like it feels like it just flew by and then all of a sudden you're like wow you're four I don't know it was the fourth birthday was definitely a really hard one for me um but yeah so like I as I've been coming up on her first birthday I've been like really really emotional about it but also relieved because I feel like for the last year I have been like so concerned about SIDS and like if she like I just there have been a lot of times where I've just envisioned her like not waking up or like I wake up and she's not awake yet and like again love that she she, like right now she's sleeping in consistently until like 8 or 8 30 in the morning she almost slept until slept until 9 a.m the other morning I was like girl she knows what's up about the sleep like she is a great she is a great sleeper like 90 percent of the time she only is not a good sleeper when she's like getting teeth or growing or whatever but even at this point like there have been a few times where she's woken up like once because she's getting a tooth but it's not like it used to be when she'd be like up, you know, one or two or three times because she's like teething hardcore and like everything hurts. So she's like a great little sleeping angel pie. But like sometimes that stresses me out because like I think it was two days ago we woke up and it was almost 9 a.m. And we were like, is she OK? Like, oh, my God, it's almost nine. Like it was a Sunday and we haven't slept that late in like so long and yeah which like it's great but it's also just like what the fuck like it scares you a little bit (laughs) you're like I want to sleep but also it scares me when you sleep (laughs) so yeah I feel like I'm like finally like whoo like we've made it through the first year like I'm not knock on wood like so worried about like her suffocating like in her bed or like whatever I don't know I just feel like I'm like I'm so emotional about her turning one because like she's my baby and like I never want her to grow up and I want her to stay a little tiny baby forever but I'm also like wow I made it through like really almost two years like we you know between the trying and like all of the things like it's been a long fucking time to be dealing with this like hormonal crazy bullshit um and I feel like I, speaking of hormones, I was like having a really hard time after I got my period back when I like still breastfeeding at like nine months postpartum. Like right as I got my period, I turned into a fucking crazy person. I have been really like unhinged (laughs) since I got my period back, for being totally honest. I am like, I have been unwell. (laughs) And I like after that point I was like okay like before that point I was like yeah I'll breastfeed her like as long as she wants like whatever I don't know breastfeeding has been like a struggle city but like once you get to this age it's like they kind of just nurse whenever 
they feel like it and it's like not as like you have to do it you know this many times a day and they have to get this many out because they're they're eating real food so it's like really more like the real food is like more of what they need than like the the milk whatever so my thought was like oh I'll just like breastfeed as you know as long as she wants if she wants to stop then like fine but like honestly this she would never stop I know that she would never stop if if it was up to her she'd breastfeed until she was like five years old or you know maybe longer if it was up to her and I am just not cut out to do it that long like a year is my limit like my babies get a year for me and then I need to have my body back and maybe some people view that as selfish but like for me it's more of like this is how I can be a good mom is if I have some boundaries and that is one of them um you get a year from me and it's all the good the good juju but after that I need to kind of cut it off I think Bryce nursed until like 14 months and that was that I kind of just got to a point where I was like all right I'm done um because it's, it's just a lot it's very demanding and I feel like I like I just feel like the whole time I've been like semi chained to my house and like I'm a photographer and I do shoots at night on the weekends trying to pump at a wedding not a good time like it's just it's very stressful and like kind of unrealistic to try to do like I don't know it's doable for sure and I got a wearable pump to be able to like pump on the go and like kind of discreetly even though it is not very discreet like my boobs look gigantic with it and it's kind of ridiculous but I got that to be able to like pump on the go and like put it in my shirt and have nobody hopefully notice that I'm pumping at the same time um but so that like made it a tiny bit easier but like it's just very unideal it's like so it I don't know it just kind of like got to a point where I was like you know what like I'm a crazy person and my hormones are not in a good place and I was like lashing out on Bryce because my hormones were so crazy and like I just feel like I have been having a really hard time like kind of juggling everything without like getting really anxious and like lashing out and I it's I've just been like not the mom that I want to be and I know that it's because of the hormones with breastfeeding so we are down to feeding one time a day like I nurse her in the mornings when we wake up and then the rest of the day is bottles with milk um so we have like we're very close to being done weaning um and you can judge me all you want because she's not actually a year yet. I don't really care. That was my choice. And she's very healthy and she's still getting breast milk. So it's I think it's fine. But um, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's my little recap of Nora's first year and a little bit before that and my pregnancy and all of that. Um like I said, I just feel like it's really important to like, we've definitely come a long way with like people being open about having miscarriages and like dealing with infertility and, you know, people kind of coming together and like with their struggles. But I also feel like we could talk more about like this stuff, like all the shit that you deal with mentally after you get pregnant 
with your, like, I, yeah, I just feel like there's been, like, this, like, after, I noticed that, like, after I finally got pregnant, it was, like, people didn't really ask me, like, how are you feeling mentally? Like, do you feel really good? Do you feel like what you experienced was, like, in the past? Or do you feel like you're still kind of, like, battling with some demons? Blah, blah, blah. Like, not that anyone that's never gone through this would ever like think to ask those questions but it's like I feel like people just automatically assume like she's pregnant with her rainbow baby like she's all good in the hood everything's all like peaches and cream and it's like it is absolutely fucking not that way and I want people to know that like you're not alone if you are feeling some type of way with a newborn baby that is your rainbow baby or even a year later or even two years later like I feel pretty good I feel like I'm in a good place now but like not everyone like people might still like you could have a three-year-old that's your rainbow baby and you still worry about them like losing them because you've experienced loss before on like a different level and and, and then it's like you work so hard to have this like beautiful baby and I, I do think that every once in a while I still have, like, these random thoughts of, like, well, what if I lost her? Or, like, what if somebody kidnapped her? Or, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, what if something absolutely crazy happened and I lost her? Like, that would be, I mean, either baby. Like, if anything bad happened to Bryce, like, I would, you know, I it would be devastating. Absolutely devastating. But there's just something about, like, your rainbow baby that I think, there's something to be said about like the fear that you have about like losing them no matter what age they are or how long it's been since you've you know had that experience or whatever like they're just very they're precious and it's you know it's not easy to get through that mental battle so um but that's all I have on that um I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and although it's kind of like a heavy um, an emotional episode, like, I hope it, you know, if you're someone that is dealing with, um, a similar situation, I hope you were able to find some peace or just feel seen, um, and, yeah, if you ever want to talk about this topic, feel free to reach out, um, but I hope you all have a great weekend, and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Made to Be Mama podcast episode. If you like this episode, be sure to write, rate, and review, and tune in every Friday for a brand new episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see you guys next time.